Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 198 of the Mandolins and Beer Podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. Also brought to you in part by Acoustic Disc, where if you go to Acoustic Disc's website right now and sign up on their email list, they send you a free song known as the Treat of the Week every week. They also put out incredible material, and they have a great podcast with David Grisman and Dandy Barnes called Acoustic Encounter. So head on over to Acoustic Disc and sign up today. Getting ready to head out to IBMA. I've got a whole bunch of new stuff. I've got some brand new shirts. Mandolin, just play it. I've got a bunch more of the trucker hats back in stock. And I've got some beanies with the uh, Red Supreme Mandolin logo. And I think they look great, if I do say so myself. Uh, My daughter even thought they looked great. And uh, she doesn't play mandolin. So, yeah, those are great. I will post those for sale on the website once I get back from IBMA. I'm really looking forward to getting to IBMA. It's always an amazing time. Get to see some of my friends that I've made over the years and play music with a bunch of people. Some great music. Dog and Sam being nominated into the Hall of Fame. I don't believe Dog's going to be there, but Sam will be there. So that's going to be a good time. Speaking of good times, the Blue Highway Fest is coming up. I have emailed and contacted the people who have won tickets thus far, and we still have some more tickets to give away. Again, it is October 11th through the 14th in Virginia. If you can go, shoot me an email, and in the subject line, just say tickets, or go to my social media on Instagram or Facebook and find the post for Blue Highway Fest and just put tickets under there. Be sure you follow me, and I will add you to the drawing. Big thank you to the folks at Blue Highway Fest for for supplying tickets to the the mandolins and beer listeners. That's amazing. Another great thing about IBMA is I get to see in person some of the sponsors who help put this podcast on every week. I'm so, so thankful for my sponsors and for listeners. I mean, it makes it possible every week to do this and get the mandolin word out in the community. I'm really stoked. One sponsor that won't be there, though, is Stringjoy, and you can order Stringjoy strings guitar or mandolin and you can use the promo code mandolin beer at checkout and get 10% off and string joy since they aren't going to be there they did send me a box of goodies to give away so stop by my booth 620 and uh ask me for a set of string joy strings and if i still got some left i'm going to give you a set they also have stickers they sent along too so thank you to string joy and peghead nation let me tell you what about Peghead Nation. After spending a few days at that Monroe Mandolin camp, I went back and watched a bunch of Mike Compton's performances and lessons on on there. And and Mike's just one of many incredible, talented instructors. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fivish, Chad Manning, and Ian Curry. From beginner all the way up to Shoro. The courses include high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab, play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. Best part is you can join any of Peghead Nation's video courses. Now get your first month for free. Just go to pegheadnation.com, use the promo code MANDOLINBEER, all one word, at checkout, and start your courses. Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com. Download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Tone Slabs, get yourself a slab of tone. They're going to be at IBMA. Check them out. I'm excited to uh, to take delivery of something very special when I get there uh, from David and Frank. Uh, I, I love my Tone Slab pick. I say it every week. It's literally been the only pick I've used since I've gotten the first Darth Tone. I love them. They sound great. They have all the shapes and sizes you would expect from picks, and they can customize them for you as well. So reach out to Tone Slabs by going to toneslabs.com or stop by the IBMA booth that they're at and visit them there. Pava Mandolins, dedicated to building for the impassioned player right out of Austin, Texas. They are going to be at IBMA again this year. Be sure to stop by and see them. Also, while this person, well, Roger Simonoff won't be there, I'm actually going to have a copy. I'm going to bring along my copy of the uh, Lloyd Lord book that Roger brought. Because, again, words do not justify. You need to see it in person. And I will have a copy there if you want to check it out. It is incredible. And you can get that at SimonoffBooks.com. 
And I'm super excited tonight. Um, my buddies from Full Court are going to be playing, and they, they have a booth with Elderly Instruments. And the Elderly Instruments is your trusted source for new used and vintage fretted and stringed instruments. For the experienced beginner player, their vast selection of mandolins, guitars, banjos, ukuleles, and did I say mandolins? Includes all of the accessories and books to go with them. All instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability, and their down-to-earth and knowledgeable staff are there to help. They're in their 51st year. They're family-owned and operated. They ship worldwide. You can visit them anytime at elderly.com or at IBMA. And also, uh, Keith and I, Keith from Picky Fingers, we're going to be co-sponsoring a Henhouse Prowlers room with them. And so I'm excited for that, too. So, again, if you're at IBMA, um, this is coming out on Friday. I'll have been there since Tuesday. Hopefully, I've already met you and seen you, but... Uh, if, if you're listening to this and you're just going to be there for the weekend, please stop by and say hello. Um, and let's get into the episode here. My buddy, Mike Gino, um, you know, one of the awesome things this podcast is I've got to become friends with so many of the players and Mike has been, just become a really good pal and he's one of the nicest guys and just an incredible player. And, uh, every time I get to talk to him or get a text from him, it just, uh, makes my day better. So Mike is great. The new steep Canyon Rangers album. I mean, if you're a fan of Steep Canyon Rangers, obviously, I don't even need to tell you how great they are uh, of a band. Killer songs always. This one is no exception. They got their their new singer, guitar player, Aaron, is a great addition to the band. So let's get into this episode with uh, Mike from Steep Canyon. And uh, you guys have yourselves a fantastic week. Cheers, everybody. Sometimes the path is dark and narrow With briars and branches closing in Can't see on to where you're going Can't turn back to where you've been All right, man, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Mike Gugino. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, Daniel. How are you? Doing good, man. It's so good to talk to you again. I got to see you in May at Birdfest with Steep Canyon Rangers. You guys play two incredible sets and uh, this new incredible album out, man. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we're real, real excited about the new record. It's going, it's going pretty well. And uh, yeah, Birdfest is a, it's a new, new festival, kind of. It's sort of, it's, it's interesting. It, it is new, but it's not, you know, Barrett, our bass player has been putting that on for years, but it was sort of a private, almost like a private party. And, and now it's like a, it moved locations to a bigger, bigger location and they're getting bigger bands. And uh, yeah, man, it was glad we were glad to have you there as the, the MC last year, for sure. So fun. Even though it's concussed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, 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 you weathered it well, you know, nobody could tell you <laughs> right did a good job. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> also, last time since we've talked on the podcast, you are a new father. That's right. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a nine-month-old son who I just got down for his afternoon nap so I can do this interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. It's great. It's awesome. Well, this new album, is there anything, actually, before we talk about the brand new album, anything going on? I know you've been still doing some of the Italian mandolin gigs or the Italian music gigs. Any, any more of that coming up by the end of the year? Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, Barrett and I just played a show in, in Asheville or just outside of Asheville in, in Candler, North Carolina, which is just kind of in the outskirts of Asheville. Um, had a great show out there. And then we are we're doing our yearly um, Italian night concert um, in Brevard at the Brevard Music Center. There's a performing arts, a small performing arts space there called the Parker Concert Hall, and they have a you know they have a series they do of concerts all winter, and we're a part of that. And we we do it every December, and we always bring in a special guest. And this year we're bringing back uh, Carlo Onzo. Oh no so way! We're, yeah, yeah, he came to Brevard I think in 2019 and did the very first one with us then. And so we're, we're glad that he can, can come back this year. It's going to be great. Oh man, that is great. It was great too. We were sitting on your bus and you're playing mandolin and I was kind of talking about what you were working on and you were just playing some Italian stuff for me. And it, you're kind of like, that's when you sit down now, that's, uh, it's kind of like you, what you work on and you can tell it's just so beautiful sounding. Yeah, you know, the, one of the, uh, you know, I guess we've talked, I can't remember the last time we talked on the podcast. I think it's been a couple of years now. Um, it was probably right after 2020. 
you know, just being off the road um, with the band, with the Rangers for a couple of years, it definitely gave me time to like kind of dig into that music in a way that I hadn't had the chance before, you know, and I got a different, got a different mandolin for it now. You know, I don't play my F5. Um, when I play that kind of music, I'm playing a, it's a Vega cylinder back or lute style mandolin. Um, so what they call them. I don't know if you've, if you've seen one of those, have I showed, have I shown you? You did. Yes. Yes. I couldn't remember if, if you were, if you were around when I had it, but, um, yeah, you know, and so I just, I kind of just, and Barrett and I, of course, made a record in 2020 finally. And, uh, yeah. So when I, when I sit down to practice a lot, um, a lot of the time, uh, I'm spending on, on that music cause you can, you could spend a lifetime trying to play that stuff <laughs> <laughs> right right and um you just did uh, boy uh, somebody i just had on and was it harry clark maybe did you do a mandolin camp with harry clark this past year possibly yeah i think we did uh gray fox yeah and he was like man that guy can play the monroe stuff it, it kind of surprised him i think because he didn't know you know he knows you from steve canyon rangers <laughs> he's like holy cow man <laughs> That's awesome. Harry, Harry, I, it's the first time I'd, I'd met Harry and he is such a great player. And what a, what a nice guy too. And that was a fun, fun workshop. And I think he, he was saying, you know, he, he was kind of getting into the Monroe style stuff more than he had in the past. Maybe he had kind of been more into more of the modern style players and he's, he's really been digging into the Monroe stuff lately. So we had a good time uh, talking about that at the workshop. This new album morning shift is just incredible. I love how much, like, I love all your albums, but I really love, you're a great, like, hook player. Like, so many mandolin parts in all this album in a way that you (laughs) wouldn't think of, like, a a mandolin per se. It's just, it's filled with tons of them. (laughs) Well, thanks. You know, and a lot of that is is just based on the the songwriting and the style of, of, of music we're playing now. You know, I would say a lot of the stuff on this record, you know, Graham is playing an electric banjo, which is not, you know, it doesn't sound like a, a banjo at all. It sounds like an electric guitar and Daryl Scott produced the record. He's playing an electric guitar on it. And um, there's just a lot of songs that aren't, aren't like a two beat sort of traditional bluegrass groove, if you will. And, you know, a, a lot of it requires me to think about the mandolin in a different way, not in such a bluegrass way. Obviously, I'm not just like chopping chords or anything like that and playing a break after the second verse and chorus or something like that. It's it's different. It's it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And um, yeah, a lot of it's thinking, you know, thinking in terms of like a, a little hook or a little a little melodic line here that supports the vocal or sets up the chorus or, you know, there's a bridge or something that needs a little melodic part. So yeah, it's, it's fun. It's been fun to, uh, to, to, to sort of rethink how I play the mandolin with the band over the last, I don't know, five or six years at least. And there's no lack of mandolin. Like I, you know, again, with all that instrumentation that it's you, the mandolin is present through the whole thing, which is hard to do in a band with drums. I mean, it's a mandolin can get buried by a lot of things, especially, you know, when you start bringing electric instruments in the mix, you know, it's for sure. But every one of your albums does a great job. This is no, uh, and this is no different, a great job of mixing and um, just everything's got its spot. Uh, Just the way it kicks off actually on um, Hominy Valley. um, And it almost sounds like a very roomy, the mandolin kicks it off and it's a really cool roomy tone before the song comes in. Well, and that's that's because we we recorded that that this record. So we we actually recorded it not in a recording studio at all. There's a um, a place called the Inn at Bat Cave. Bat Cave is not the Bat Cave like Batman. It's like a 
place just outside of Asheville and Brevard where we live in North Carolina. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot near Chimney Rock, uh, if people have heard of that maybe. Um, but it, there's this bed and breakfast basically. And we just rented the whole space for the for a week in January of this year. And Daryl came over from Nashville and we came over and, and Dave Cinco was the engineer. And the reason that we could do it this way is because Dave Cinco is so brilliant that he can actually make a recording studio basically anywhere you want to make a recording studio. <laughs> so he brought a van full of gear to the in a bat cave and we basically turned the great room, this giant wooden room. Um, when you walk in the front door, we turned that into like the main recording space and we put down rugs and he treated the room and, you know, figured out where all the mics needed to go. And we basically were in a circle, all, you know, the banjo, the mandolin, the guitar and the, and the upright bass. We were all in the same room. And then the drums were downstairs. And then Nikki was in just a room adjacent to the great room just for, for the bleed of the fiddle. So we were largely in a circle you know, in the same room recording that, recording that way. And all the vocals were done in the, in the great room around one mic. And uh, it was a really, it was a really challenging and fun way to make a record. And, uh, in, and like I said, Dave Cinco is a, a brilliant engineer and a wonderful guy. And he was great to work with. And he did a fantastic job making this record sound the way it does and making those acoustic instruments work together with the drums and the electric guitar and the electric banjo and sit right in there and everything has its space. It's not fighting for space from another instrument. Um, yeah, he's, he's great. When you guys have these songs, cause there, there's lots, lots of arranging done on these songs. These song, these songs don't sound like, um, you know, like, hey, here's a song. We're just going to play it. <laughs> you know, it sounds like there's a lot of thought put into it. What's kind of the process on some of these songs? Like, again, like some of those hooks, it, it, that's, it's really well thought out and just adds to the tunes. There's no, these two, there's no distractions in these songs, yet there's so much going on. It's kind of like when you watch a movie that you really like and you catch something different every time. That's what this album reminds me of. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, some of that is is stuff that we had sort of, you know, we've been working on these songs for uh, some of them for a long time, and some of them were were sort of new. You know, Aaron Burdett joined our band in uh, July or August of 2020, July of 2022. So, you know, he'd not even been in the band for a year, and we recorded some of his songs. So that we definitely knew those the, the least, but some of the songs, Graham had written we had been working on for a while but then there was a, a few that we just went to the studio with daryl and we just put the arrangement together right there you know sitting around in the room together um and that was really again it's a really it can be challenging but it can that spontaneity can really make for some 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 magic and some special moments and you know, maybe if you if you had the time to think overthink about something, you could just you could arrange it into the ground. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, but we always say don't gild the lily. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes sometimes a song just needs a really simple treatment. And some of the songs are real complex and have these really complex arrangements. And that's what that that's what that song needed, you know, and. Daryl was definitely sort of the, the the captain of the ship, and we all respect him and trusted him, and uh, it was it was a great experience. What are some of the uh, the mandolin highlights for you? I mean, the whole album's so good, but there's got to be a couple things that you're kind of like, you know, ah, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I guess one would be the the, uh, the instrumentals that I wrote on the the record. Um, it's, I guess it's an instrumental medley. It's one track.
it's three it's three songs uh, with two instrumentals that I wrote and one that Graham wrote so that we sort of mashed together almost like a uh, like an Irish fiddle melody or something like that. Um, Daryl was very insistent when we were uh, speaking to him before we went into the studio just about the record and what we wanted the record to be. And, you know, he was like, I know you guys don't think you're a bluegrass band anymore. And a lot of people don't think you're a bluegrass band anymore, but they're, you're wrong and they're wrong. You're definitely a bluegrass band. And one of the things that you guys are good at and you should have on your records is an instrumental, you know, cause we didn't do it. We didn't have an instrumental on, uh, on arm and arm and which was the record before this that came out in 2020. And I didn't think we were going to have an instrumental on, on this record either. I hadn't written anything and Graham hadn't written anything. And, um, we had a lot of singing songs. I mean, we had like 20 something songs that we, laid in front of Daryl or like, here's, <laughs> you know, and, and which is great, you know, cause we have, so we have all these great songwriters in the band. Um, but you can only record 10 or 12, you know? And so, you know, there's stuff's going to get chopped and it just didn't seem like there was going to be enough room on the record for an instrumental. So I was really surprised when he said that he's like, no, I, I want an instrumental and you know, it needs, it should be original you know, and I was like, okay, well, it's, you know, we've got, we've got maybe had like maybe two months before we actually started the session. And, um, I wrote the, the third one, the third piece of the, of the three song medley, um, maybe a week before we went into the studio. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then the other, the first one, um, the old stone house I'd actually written about 10 years ago and we had never recorded it. And it's sort of a, it's a slow, um, minor key waltz, sort of, sort of a lonesome moonlight waltz type, you know, type song. And it's a song that I'd written years ago, but we never recorded, but we did play it at our shows as an intro into one of our singing songs called, call the captain. And we do that a lot in our live shows. We'll, we'll use instrumental little instrumental pieces of music to sort of segue from one singing song to the next. So the music doesn't stop. Um, and then, you know, it can, it can just be like a couple musicians on stage at a time, you know? So like that would always just be me and Nikki, uh, mandolin and fiddle doing that little instrumental segue while the other guys tuned or got a different position or whatever. And then we would kick off the next song and, so, so that was a song that we had for years, um, but it was nice to to record it, and that's the the first of the three, the Old Stone House, and then Handlebars was a banjo tune Graham had written, and then Chimney Rock was the song that I wrote right before we went into the studio, and, and we had all three of those. And Daryl said, "Why don't you mash them together, like uh, figure out a way to like segue one right into the next, like a like a fiddle medley, you know, in Celtic music or something." And I uh, thought it came out really nice. minor songwriter yeah i think the minor the minor the minor key thing uh maybe that's come comes from playing the italian music you know there's a lot obviously there's a lot of the a lot of the mazurkas and polkas and waltzes are in are in minor keys and uh i, I love it that we have a I have a tune i wrote called knob creek that was on one of our earlier records and uh i'll never forget we we were out in California and playing with, with a David Grisman. Uh, I guess it was the trio it was Danny Barnes and his son, Sam on bass and dog. And we had him sit in on, on, on our, on our show and play Knob Creek. And I leaned over to, to, to dog and I said, it's, it's in G minor. And he said, I invented G minor. <laughs> 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 and I said, yeah, yes, you did. 
<laughs> yes, you did. Oh, that's yes, you did. That's so funny, ma'am. So this is uh, so you talked about a couple things earlier here too. The 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 break in 2020, you know, and you dove into Italian music, but Woody sounds like kind of it just was like the road really wasn't for him any longer. Yeah, you know, a lot of people during that time were home more than they'd been home for any kind of not just music obviously but for any any profession and uh we certainly had not been home for that that amount of time it was almost two years really that we were off the road and uh and yeah you know woody when we came we started playing shows again um kind of the beginning of 2022 i think it was january or february um in that spring he he came to I think he talked to Graham first and he came to me and he said, I can't, you know, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I just, I feel like I need to be home with my family and do other things. And uh, so we, we had to find somebody to take his place on guitar and vocals. And uh, that's, that's what led us to, to Aaron Burdett, who's in the band now singing and playing guitar. I don't think we could have gotten found a better person in, in every way um to fill you know no, nobody's going to replace woody woody is is you know he's he's one of a kind and 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 we knew we didn't want somebody just to come in and try to be like woody you know what i mean like Absolutely. have the same voice or the same style like we wanted that person just to be who they were and be comfortable with who they were um and obviously fit with us in a in a way that works musically and and personally too that was another you know, that was that was probably scarier to us than the, the musical side. I was like, we could probably find a lot of guitar players and singers that could do this. But finding a person that you live with on the road and the bus and on the planes and in the hotels and in the recording studio, you know, that's that is could be harder to find. And it's really worked out great with with Aaron. It's such a he's a great musician. He's a great songwriter. And he's a great guy, you know, he's, he's similar age to us and has kids and family like we do. And, um, it just, we're, we're all just kind of on the same page. So it's been a great, it's been a great transition. I would imagine then recording this album uh, is probably, uh, you guys have a lot of recordings, but I've got to say, it's got to be close to one of the most important kind of albums. Cause you had to go out there like anything. He was such a, a integral part of the band and it, you know, and it was totally just the road's hard, you know, and so it wasn't anything like that. But it was like, it's still got to be like, man, you know, we got to bring this new guy in. And <laughs> I can't imagine like, you know, you, just, you probably had to feel like approve a little bit of something with this record. No, uh, absolutely. You know, I feel I feel like, in you know, in the last year we've had to like sort of, yeah, prove to people or show people that we're still the same band that we've always been in many ways. And yes, we've changed a little bit, you know, we've changed, obviously we've changed personnel. We've changed personnel before too, though, you know, Barrett was, has only been in the band for six years on bass. And Mike, Mike Ashworth's only been in the band since 2013, I think. Um, and we've been a band for almost 25 years now, you know, so having a change in the band isn't, isn't that different, but this was a, a significant change because Woody was such a, um, you know, a lead singer on a lot of the stuff. And so that was, that was a challenge, but, you know, one thing we did was, is it wasn't just Aaron coming in and replacing like the vocal load that Woody had. It was kind of all of us stepping up and saying, okay, what can we all do to fill in the void musically, you know, and, professionally too, you know, off stage too with business things like that. Cause Woody was a big part of running the band's business. He's just that he has that type of mind um, of uh, thinking about the business side of things too. And he's doing a lot of that now that he's not in our band anymore. Um, but we, you know, so, so yes, Aaron came in, but like Barrett has taken on a lot of the vocal parts that Woody used to sing too. So it's been kind of Barrett and, and Aaron, you know, replacing him as a singer, at least, you know, so now, now in our show, it's like Graham, Barrett, and Aaron, the three of them sort of switch off between singing lead pretty evenly, 
you know, and it, it can vary from night to night where one person sings more than the others. But, you know, and it's like that on this new record on Morning Shift, you know, it's like, and Daryl was real adamant about that too. It's like, all right, here's a Graham vocal. Here's a Barrett vocal. Here's an Aaron vocal. Here's an instrumental, you know, and then we should, there should be another Graham vocal. There should be another Barrett vocal. There should be another Aaron vocal. Cause that's, that represents what the band is like now. It's a, the band has never been more, it's always been very democratic and, and sort of spread out in that way, but it's never, not, not at this level, you know? And, and so it, it really is like a, there's not a lead singer of the band type situation now. And we, you know, we often say that's kind of how the band, the band was, you know, where it was like Levon would sing lead, and, you know, Rick Denko would sing lead and, and Robbie would sing lead. And there was, there wasn't like a, set lead singer in that band and that's that's definitely been an inspiration for us too with this new lineup it's great too because you have such strong strong songwriters as well you know because you know sometimes i find with like you know sometimes with solo artists especially they're like singer songwriters that i've really liked you know sometimes you get a great album and sometimes you get a couple great songs on an okay album but you guys got like kind of like <laughs> just the uh just uh, the spoils in 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 having a bunch of great songwriters and being able to choose from their best songs i love deep end hung up the phone and i hit the ground running story about deep end at the bird fest about his yeah <laughs> and you know it was just perfect i'm like this guy the fact that he could take this incredible experience and put it into a song and it's actually a really good song as well as a great story yeah yeah that's a that's a win yeah and you know great songs are often come from like true true life experiences you know and it's like sometimes that's easier than coming up with a a story that's not you know, it's just fiction. It's like, this actually happened and this is what's happening now. And I'm going to sing a song about it. Sometimes that can be, you know, a really easy, simple way to, to approach a song, but man, I feel so lucky and I always have, and I feel it more now than ever to be in a band with so many great songwriters, because that's not what I do. I mean, I write instrumentals, you know, I write music, but I, I don't write lyrics. Um, and I'm so thankful. And I think that because I think that's been a big part of our success for all these years, like you said, are the, are the songs, you know, like they're, they're great songs and I can brag about them because I didn't write them. You know, <laughs> I can, I, I help, I help arrange them. I sing harmony. I, I write harmony parts. I write little hooks or I suggest chord changes. And, you know, we do all that democratically, but I didn't write, you know, I don't write the, the lyrics and the, the main part of the songs, you know, these, these, these guys in the band do, they're great. They're great songwriters. How long were you in the studio for, for this? I think we were, it was a solid week. Um, it was a really cool way to make a record. We've, we've talked about doing this for years and this felt like the time, just the energy all felt right for, for us to do it this way, this time where we just don't go into a studio, but go to a destination away from everybody and everything and just live in the same place and just make music for until it's done basically and so it was cool like the it was just us with dave cinco and daryl scott just the band and then the the innkeepers a husband and wife that run it and they cook all the meals right there in house and we literally would get up and eat breakfast together go do a session record for until lunchtime stop and eat lunch together go back work until dinner time eat dinner together maybe be done for the day maybe we all felt like we wanted to keep going so we would you know do another session work late into the night or we would maybe work on a song that wasn't finished and kind of get an arrangement together so that we could start the next morning you know first thing on that song so it was a really it was a really it was a submersive 
uh, recording experience for sure. Having been able to hang out with you guys and, and meet everybody in the band and talk to everybody in the band now, it really is amazing how well you guys get along. I mean, I know a few of the guys haven't been in as long, but the the uh, bond that you guys have, like especially watching, we watching like basketball after maybe on the bus, <laughs> just everybody's on the bus eating snacks, laughing. You guys have spent all day together, just played a great show together. And there's nobody like, I don't want to be around anyone. Everybody in the band's just sitting there hanging out. And it was just like being among family members, even more than a band. It was a blast. Yeah. You know, then that's just, that's, that's kind of the way the band's always been. It's the way it started, you know, back when we were in college. Um, like I said, I think it's almost, I want to say about 25 years ago that the band started. We were just friends in college. You know, I grew up with Woody and, um, I grew up with Mike Ashworth, who's now in the band, wasn't in the band when it started, but it's been in the band for 10 years. And, you know, Mike was my best friend growing up in in high school. And we had a band in high school together, Uh, not a bluegrass band, but a rock band. And um, we and then Barrett and Graham went to UNC Chapel Hill together, went to college together. And, you know, so they they were just buddies and Barrett and I have our side side project that we do with the Italian music. And Mike and I play you know, other kinds of gigs around Brevard and Asheville and do, do little things like that. And yeah, we're just, uh, we're just friends that play music together. And I think that's been, uh, I think that's been a, a good, a good thing for us all these years staying together because it, you know, half of it's just managing half of be- doing this and being in a band is just managing egos and personalities and um, being in stressful situations with travel and things like that. And, you know, having your buddies with you makes it makes it better. Yeah. And it's great to say, and it, it should be known anybody who's listening to the podcast, like you and Woody, like you said, you guys are all still brothers. This is not a, it was just a matter of you just, tough life on the road. It wasn't any sort of acrimony. It was just uh Absolutely. No, absolutely. I see, I see him all the time. We just did the mountain song festival here in Brevard a couple of weeks ago in early September um and you know he he and another guy uh put that festival on are the promoters for that festival you know and he played with his wife shannon and uh yeah so we yeah we all still love woody we see woody you know see him at the grocery store or whatever in town (laughs) we actually still play gigs together you know like we'll still play little local bluegrass gigs and things like that and um yeah no it was definitely no like hard feelings or parting of ways because there was some disagreement about, you know, the music or the, you know, with the career path, it was just, you know, he just wanted to be with his family more and not travel. And, you know, you gotta, gotta respect that. Absolutely. And you guys travel a lot. I mean, since post COVID man, you guys have played some killer gigs, like just killer events, killer gigs, festivals, guys have been working it still playing with uh steve martin and martin short too it's it's so great man yeah those guys man they they just don't they don't quit you know those guys (laughs) just keep they keep on playing every we've been playing with steve martin since i think 2008 and then martin short martin short started you know we started doing the comedy show where it became the martin short and steve martin thing i think in 2015 or something like that or 16 and every year since then or every year we've been doing this with those guys we think okay well that was that was fun that that's, that was the last year they're gonna tour you know and then they book shows again <laughs> and we're already booking shows again for next year you know so it's uh it's a fun it's a fun thing to get to do you know it's not a it used to be a, a larger part of the shows that we would play throughout the year especially when steve was doing the the banjo show when it, before martin short was in it it was a music show with steve doing mostly banjo tunes i mean we were we were playing a lot of dates you know 50 60 70 shows a year with with steve and now these guys do like 30 or 40 and we can't do all of them but we do most of them um and they kind of try to work around our schedule but sometimes we've got a festival or a, a big show that we want to play uh and so they'll get they'll get other people to fill in and we can't do it but it's a lot of fun I was just talking with Will Kimball. He was one of the uh, luthiers that was at the Monroe camp. And, um, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Him and, and him and Paul Duff got to meet the guy who built my mandolin. It was so cool, man. Very cool. But he were, we were talking about your mandola, and um, that might be the most recorded mandola 
as far as sales, like not a lot of people play Mandola on those Steve Martin records and your records. They've, they've sold some numbers, you know what I mean? So if like you really think about it, that might be the most on record or heard in people's homes Mandola. <laughs> Gosh, like, do I get a, like some sort of trophy for that? Most most recorded Mandola? Most recorded Mandola. It's a plaque. I believe he, uh, he's mailing it out this weekend. Well, you know, yeah, it's, I love, I try to use the Mandola as much as I can. Um, and, and, and actually lately I haven't just for whatever reason, the tunes haven't called for it as much, but when we were playing again, playing a lot of the music shows of Steve, he would write so many tunes in that sort of drop C tuning on the banjo where his low, his low string is down to a C, which is the same note as the, the low note of the Mandola. And uh, so just the melodies just sort of laid out so nice with that. And then we, of course, we had the mic on drums. So, so me doing like a, like a bluegrass chop wasn't always necessary. And, you know, and the groove might've been a little something different and not so traditional. And uh, yeah, so I, I would try Mandola on a lot of that stuff and it, and it, it works really well. And I just love it. You know, it's a nice, uh, it's just a nice voice. It fits really well in the band. It's kind of sits in between, sits in between the banjo and fiddle and the guitar, yeah, you know, a yeah. little bit, whereas the mandolin's kind of in that fiddle and banjo range a lot. The, the mandola can kind of sit just above the guitar, but just below the fiddle. And uh, it's, it's nice. What you, uh, what'd you use on the album? I used, well, when I record, um, unfortunately, I can't do it on the live shows anymore. When I record, I, I play the lore. Uh, but I can't do that live because we're doing, you know, we're all plugged in with pickups and everything because of the, the drum kit and uh, the electric instruments. It's just a little, it'd be too loud to have a microphone uh, on the lore. And plus, Mike likes to do the little trick where he beats on my mandolin with his drumsticks in the show. And, he, I can't let him do that on the on the Gibson. Yeah, so I'm using the Kimballs. You know, I've I've had my Kimball F5 uh, from it's 2004, uh, and I love that mandolin. I mean, it's a great great mandolin, and um, and then the, I have the Kimball Mandola as well, a two point, and uh, both of them have the K and K pickups in them. You know, and. Uh, I actually just got a new, uh, I've been just this year, I've put together uh, a pedal board, which I've never had on stage before. Um, but again, with the, with sort of the, this new record and, and the sort of evolving style of the band, um, there's just more, there's more texture that the mandolin is doing. And, and some of it, I try to, to do things that don't necessarily sound like mandolin so like i've got a pedal board that's got those tone dexters in it you know and i can and i i've got one for the mandolin one for the mandola and i've got like a a b switch so i can go between them and um so because we go we we are wireless on stage which is nice because it gives us a chance to be dynamic with our moving around on stage and things like that um but I've, I've got a couple of effects pedals. I got a compressor in there and I got a reverb and delay and, and I've got one of those Strymon Lex pedals. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the picture you just sent me actually. Yeah. What's that do? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier if you just look at it. It's kind of hard to explain. So I just sent you that picture, but it's like, um, it makes it the, the mandolin sound like a Leslie organ. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yep. And I have to, I have to give credit to, uh, my, my good buddy, Phil Barker in town mountain, we played a show with them in Asheville a couple of years ago and he had one of those on his pedal board. And I just thought that is the coolest sound. Um, especially when you're playing with drums and, you know, you got Graham over there on the electric and we're not, we're not doing something, something that doesn't sound like bluegrass at all, you know, to have a, a like a keyboard kind of sound on the mandolin. It's really fun, you know? So I've been exper experimenting with that. Sounds cool on the mandola too, because it's got the deeper, the deeper sound, you know, and it really, it really works. Um, but you know, not not your typical bluegrass sort of uh, <laughs> mandolin sound. <laughs> What's the reamp do? I, I I'm not familiar with that one. That radio, that bright yellow one. So basically, the I'm trying. I'm sending a stereo signal now. So I'm taking the the reamp on there, and and I'm I get really bad at explaining these things the technical things but basically with the wireless being wireless and then having a stereo signal you have to like come in 
you come in with the with the one signal and you're going out with the with the stereo signal and with the wireless and that way it can like go back out to the to the wireless router and wireless setup off stage and then I, and then my my pedal boards underneath my mic stand there um and but i'm i've got a wireless pack you know that i'm wearing on my on my hip so i'm not connected to my pedal board i can walk all over the stage but then go back to it to change the settings and when i sing of course it's right there i just got a wireless setup um of like a month and a half ago it's the best like you can go out and hear all the mixes <laughs> it's like you know for playing like my type of gigs that i'm playing you know what i mean smaller gigs you can oh, go sure. out and see how you sound out front um but man just the freedom of not having a cable is <laughs> it seems ridiculous to say but it is like a game changer it's great man it really it really makes a big difference and we you know we 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 have a pretty big footprint on stage with a drum kit and we've got two risers on either side of the drum kit that that I'm on, on on stage left and the bass Barrett's on stage right. And then we have the four guys across the front now. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm like 30 yards away from Nikki, it feels like on some of these bigger <laughs> festival stages and things. Right, right. And, and so it's not, and we use in-ear monitors, of course. And I, and I, it's nice to be able to walk over to Nikki, you know, in the middle of a song when we've got like a melodic line or, or something that, or like a solo trading thing, we can, we can come right to the middle of the stage meet in the middle of the stage. And like, it just makes for a really nice dynamic. And that's just something we, we started doing a, a long time ago and, and we just, we love it. And it's kind of become part of our show to be wireless, just to, to move around like that. I think it's, I think it's interesting for the audience than maybe just standing in a line, you know, on a microphone and playing and singing. It can just add, adds another dynamic. Yeah, you guys are a great live band. Now, I'm, I'm going to imagine that with this new album, you guys are going to be doing a lot of touring uh, coming up here. So I would highly recommend going to see you live. Yeah, we've got a busy a busy schedule this fall, um, all the way through 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 December. Really, um, you know, this summer it really has felt like things have sort of gone back to quote unquote normal with as as far as the volume of touring and the 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 amount of people that are coming out to shows and the attendance at the festivals and the venues has been sort of felt, I think people have felt like it's, uh, it's, it's safer to go back out and, and it's, uh, it's been great. You know, it's been really nice to, to do, to do it again. And with this new record coming out and, and Aaron being in getting really comfortable in the band feels like it's really come together now after Aaron's been in the band for a year, over a year now. Um, we're just excited for people to hear, uh, what we're doing you know we're really excited about what, what's happening with the band right now i'm so happy that it's working out too because i can't imagine like the amount of pressure and putting out an album and you know it's just it's amazing it's a great great uh release you guys should be super proud of it uh, well thanks yeah we're we're real we're really happy about it and you know we're already <laughs> we're hard, as as it is with most bands probably we're already thinking about the next one <laughs> you know and like i said we had we had so many songs on the chopping block uh for this record so there's you know my, what does mike call them like the the lost kids or something the the ones that didn't get the ones that didn't get picked you know he's like we've got all these all these great songs that we we loved and we just didn't put them on this record um, so we'll have to go on the next one. There you go. Uh, the morning shift. How did you pick the name? Morning shift is, uh, the title of, um, not, it's not the opening track, but it's the title of one of the tracks. Morning shift is one of the songs Graham wrote. that's one of that's one of my favorite songs that we play um it's it's uh it's fun to play live and uh graham's playing his electric banjo on that and it's got it's got a bit of like a 
like a dire straits sort of groove on it, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, it was really, it was really fun to record that one. And it's, it's really fun to play live. And, um, there's a, the album cover on the album cover morning shift. The, the picture on the front is the, the back, the in at back cave where we recorded the record and the photographer got a great photo of like a pre-dawn sort of photo of the, of the, of the end. It's really, it's a really cool picture. Well, man, any, uh, any other things you've been working on or any beer? Have you tried any new beers when you've been on the road, discovered any new beers? Gosh, you know, I, I haven't discovered any new beers on the road, but I'm, man, the beer in Brevard now has gotten to be really good. You know, you used to have to go to Asheville um, to get good beer. Brevard's about 30 miles outside of Asheville. And uh, there's several breweries now in Brevard and they're all, they're all really good. Uh, we've got Acousta Brewery here. We've got Brevard Brewing Company. We've got Oscar Blues. We've got, um, I think my favorite now is uh, there's a venue in town, a music venue called 185 King Street that I play a lot of local shows at. And the owner of that uh, venue is, is a brewer too. And, and there's a brewery in the venue and his name's Cody Noble and it's called Noble Brow Brewery. And um, man, he makes the best Pilsner I've ever had. Oh, wow. It's really fantastic. I got to get back up there, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been really cool to see the, the beer thing sort of, uh, grow here in our little, little town as it is. I know it's kind of doing that all in a lot of places across the country, but, um, yeah, some, some great beer here. Have you been to the 185 King street? When yeah, you, were here, you the know what I saw? Vineyard? Yeah. Yeah. When you guys did your Italian, um, night there. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great club. And, um, Maddie and Cody that that run it have done a great thing, and you know Travis Book from the infamous String Dusters lives here in Brevard, and he does a great Tuesday night uh, concert series there where he brings people in from all over the country, great great artists, people you've had on your podcast. They come through um, when they're touring in this area, and he has them come in on Tuesday night and um, do a he does his Travis Book happy hour where he interviews them for his podcast and. It's been a really, really cool thing for the community. Oh, that's great. Actually getting ready to do one uh, pretty soon coming up. So. Oh, awesome, man. Well, Mike, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Thank you so much for doing the podcast again. Yeah, man. It's good to talk to you again. It's, like I said, I think it's been a, I think it's been a couple years since we've, we've done this. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it was right when the Italian album came out. Hopefully Barrett and I will, will be able to get back into the studio and do another Italian record soon. And we're, we're definitely have a lot of the material put together. And, um, that's something that I, that's a goal of mine in the next year or so. I want to try to record another record. Oh, awesome. And a lot of people loved it. Uh, you know, everybody I talked to had heard it was just like, it's incredible. So yeah, I would love to hear another one. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, you learn, you learn a lot when you do, when you do those things for the first time, that was the first time I'd, had made a record of Italian music and uh, I definitely learned a lot. And, uh, and I think the, the next one could be even better. So I'm excited about it. Well, man, congratulations on everything. The new baby, the new album touring. It's just great, man. I'm so happy for you, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much to Mike Gino for doing the podcast again. One of the nicest guys in the business. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hope to see you all at IBMA. Cheers, everybody.